secure. The Lord's writing a census in the book of the nation saying, this one is born there. And as for the singers and those that play the instruments, all of them will sing within your walls. Choice not against me, O oh enemy. 
choice, not against me. I am his, I am bought with the price. When I fall, I shall
on you, however you are, whatever you are, whatever you want to do, God. We trust you, we trust you. We choose you, we choose you. Oh, we choose you over all that our minds and hearts say, God. We choose you. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do. Jump out of my boxes. I want to grow like the tree planted by the rivers of living water. I want to grow. Raise my branches. Come and blow your spirit. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. We praise you,
Kiss the sun. Kiss the sun. Kiss the sun. Lord, where you are. 
I say yes and I come Where you lead I will follow Where you lead I will follow Ransom me, so now I'm yours. Where you follow, where you go, I will follow. Only you can say 
precious are you, Father. So kind are you, brother. Oh, Spirit of
Micah chapter 2. I think this is going to have something to do with really what's going on in our nation right now, and it, I believe it's a very poignant word for us. Um, let's hear out this Micah 2. Those who devise sinful plans are as good as dead. Those who dream about doing evil as they lie in their bed. As soon as the morning dawns, they will carry out their plans, because they have the power to do so. They confiscate the fields they desire and seize the houses that they want. They're defrauding people of their homes and depriving people of the land they have inherited. Therefore the Lord says this, Look, I'm devising disaster for this nation. I know this isn't like what everybody wants to hear. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. Because there's a lot, you know, saying one thing, you know, and but you got to hear this through. You got to see Micah two through because you got to see the what he's going to do in this end time. It says it will be like a yoke from which you cannot free your neck. You will no longer walk proudly, for it will be a time of catastrophe. In that day, people will sing this song to you. They will mock you with this lament. We are completely destroyed. They sell off the property of my people. How they remove it from me. They assign our fields to the conqueror. Therefore, no one will assign you land in the Lord's community. Don't preach with such impassioned rhetoric, they will say excitedly. These prophets should not preach of such things. We will not be overtaken by humiliation. Does the family of Jacob say the Lord's patience can't be exhausted? He would never do such things? To be sure, my commands bring a reward for those who obey me. But you rise up as an enemy against my people. You steal a robe from my friend, from a friend, from those who pass by peaceably as returning from a war. You wrongly evict widows among my people from their cherished homes. You defraud their children of their prized inheritance. Now I believe the Lord is speaking to our nation and some of the leadership of what's going on in our nation. He says, but you are the ones who will be forced to leave. For this land is not secure. Sin will thoroughly destroy it. If a lying windbag should come and say, I promise you blessings of wine and beer, he would be the right preacher for these people. In the context of all this, uh, in Micah 2, it says, The Lord will restore his people. It says, um, I will certainly gather all of you, O Jacob. I will certainly assemble those Israelites who remain. And that, that's speaking of a remnant. I'm going to take a remnant and I'm going to gather a remnant together. And I'm going to bring them together like sheep in a fold. Like a flock in the middle of a pasture. 
They will be so numerous that they will make a lot of noise. <laughs> the one who can break through barriers will lead them out. And they will break out, pass through the gate, and they will and they will uh, leave or they will go forward. Their king will advance before them. The Lord Himself will lead them. So, in the context of I'm sure many of you, some of you, I know I've, I've had to just come completely off the news because I can't really take it. Because you see the corruption that's going on in our land, our nation. But the Lord keeps telling me to be mindful of a restoration in this hour and not to get caught up into, uh, not to get too caught up into what's going on with the left and the right and the whole conflict in our nation. Because a civil war more than likely will happen in our nation. And there'll be people that will turn the right will turn against the left, and the left will turn against the right. But in the middle of this, the Lord's going to restore a remnant and bring us together. And it's going to start at the family level. Um, between husband and wives and those who have been outcasts, he's going to draw them in and begin to bring restoration to our families and really heal our homes and really bring love and respect in our homes. And you will see this happen in this hour in the middle of this unbelievable chaos that's happening all over our land and our nation. And part of it's like the people would say, well, the Lord would never do such a thing. But let us not be confused about the Lord because the Lord is going to bring a great purging in our land. Yep. And in the middle of this, you'll see God really... I've, I've been hearing testimonies all week. Of, like, I don't know what's going on with me, but... I mean, this happened with Kara and I. Actually, Christmas night. I mean, probably the most deep, profound event in our marriage happened that night. I, one of the most beautiful experiences we've had in 20 years of marriage. Well, we 20 years, December 30th, five days hence to that. And the Lord just comes into our marriage and breaks through into our home. And, and I said, and the Lord said, I'm going to begin to do this in the family. I'm, I'm going to start going in, digging in deep and bringing this real intimacy in our in our family structure, put our families back together. No more, you know, where there's tension and anxiety all the time and there's a lack of peace between couples. Where the children come into order and they come into freedom. And that those who have not had family are brought into a family. And they're made to feel important and desired and longed for and the widow and the orphan is brought into a family in the middle of this great crisis that happens in our land. And the Lord's like, you know, keep your focus right now. That we keep our focus on Him. That the Holy Spirit is doing a work all throughout this land. And there is a remnant offspring of God. There's a remnant people of God. Yeah, yeah. And I think many of you in this room can testify to what I'm saying. It's not just... In our ministry, it's, it's God's work happening in many different aspects all throughout our land because 
the Lord's teaching families that you must worship me. You know, you've got to get into my presence to, to just go through. And, you know, instead of dividing our homes, the Lord's bringing our homes together. Um, you know, the world system's telling us to divide right now and go get isolated. Yeah. And the Lord's saying, no. Yeah. You know, no, go and invest in one another and pursue love. And, you know, gravitate towards the other person and, and uh, you know, ask the Lord how to love one another. And I want to... When the Lord was showing me this like six months, seven months ago, showing our prayer team this, I said, Lord, that would be a miracle. You know, to... Um, I mean, many of us have loved the Lord. And we said yes to Him. But to really get into the deep parts of our life and start to bring us together, that, that word, that would have to be something the Holy Spirit would do. Yes, sir. You know, to cause us to be tender towards one another and love one another, that would have to be a work of God. You know, there's no amount of counseling that can get you into that. It's a brokenness. Yeah. It's a snapping. It's a, it's a, it's a complete dependency on God to say, I kind of have you because I can't do this anymore in my own strength. You know, and I don't, I believe many of you, of you in here have found this to be the case that I just can't do it, Lord. And he says, yes, yes, yes. Let me have you. And you know, I, he was telling me, he says, you've been building walls of defense around against me. You know, we think, people say, well, you're blessed if you have this, or you go make your money, or, you know, you have these children, or whatever, and the Lord's like, don't build all these protections against me. Let me come into your dependency, to your, the baseness of your life, and let me have you. So, like never before, let us be committed to this. I mean, I don't have to convince anybody in here. I think y'all are all signed up, you know. Because you don't have to convince someone that the Holy Spirit has moved on their heart. You don't have to make you don't have to make this happen. But just to like say it out of Micah too, that the Lord sees us and the Lord is going to cause us as a remnant people. He's going to cause a remnant uh, to come forth as a great crown of beauty. And he's going to show forth who his people are in this hour. The bride of Christ and present her. And we'll be presented and, um, before the whole land. Um, I don't back out of worship. Don't, you know, back out, you know, of His presence. Um, when you start to feel exposed and it feels like everything's coming in on you, you know, because that happens to us. I don't know if y'all know what I mean. You know what I mean? You feel like you're frazzled. And you feel like you can't make sense of your surroundings and you can't get your, like, I don't even know, like, I don't know if this has happened to you, but you feel like you don't even know how to put one foot in front of another. And you're like, God... He said, you know, he's showing us in our family, I never meant, I never meant for you to run your life. I had determined your life, I want to be in charge of everything. And it's sort of like, I don't know, he's been doing this with me. He's like, all right, Carol, well, he calls me son, but 
I don't know how he talks to you, but son, I say, Papa, Daddy, Father. He said, Put your hands behind your back. And I'm like, I don't like that word. <laughs> now put your hands behind your back. You know, it's like, All right, now let me have it. And then, and then, I don't know what to do, Lord. I don't know how to make my next step. I don't even know. He's like, No, you don't know. Worship me. You know, like, worship the Lord. And then all of a sudden, the revelation of God comes in. And like you're saying, this week saw it's like a river of grace flows down. And you're like, who knew? I didn't. And you're like, I know nothing. I know nothing, Lord. And then all of a sudden, you go blank slate. And then all of a sudden, there it is. And your heart's warm. You're like, it's you, Lord. It's you, Lord. And then he's, and then he shows something to you, or you experience him. And then I, I thought that was just something you experience like corporately. He's like, no, I want to do this with you all day long. I'm the God of the mountain and the valley. I'm the God in the corporate worship. I'm the God in the household. I'm the God at work. I'm the God at play. I'm the God who wants to, who's omnipresent, omniscient, and omnipotent. I'm the triple O. I'm the God who's got, I got it all covered. And you're like, come, come to me, you who are weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Yes. Rest for your souls, a contentment that cannot be found. This world can't ever provide for us. And you just say, you know what? I'm throwing all on the Lord. I'm just going to throw all on you, Lord. I'm just going to say, Lord, I release my whole entire self to you again. This isn't like, I was born again in such and such a date at such and such a time, and that's fine. But today, at this moment, I throw my whole self onto you again. I have nowhere else to go. And the wisdom of God comes, and the childlike faith comes at the same moment. Because He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the Aleph and the Tav. He's the beginning and the end. That's right. And now you get to know God like a child, and then you know the wisdom of a 10,000 year old man. And he's in the same God. And then all of a sudden you're alive. You're like I'm breathing. And then I'm really living. And my life now begins to have meaning and purpose. And then you just go from that moment to the next one. And then I didn't realize that. Until he began to strip our family of everything. He's like do you trust me? The vehicle's got an amber light. Do you trust me? We don't have any food in the refrigerator. Do you trust me? And you move out because there's no way to see what he's going to do. And then all of a sudden you move into another dimensional space. And then you're like, there he is again. Who could have done that? And see, many of us, at my, my, I was trying, I built 50 million defensive walls against God, really. My life, I was trying to get all these things done all the time. He's like, just let me have you. And we don't have to be afraid. You just say, God, I just let you have everything. You know, because he's already in control anyways. You might as well just say, I throw all myself on you. I'm just going to sling my whole self on you. And then what happens is, I used to tell Kara, because we'd be down to the last cup of coffee. You know, it's like we had... 50 cent or whatever, we go give us a cup of coffee and we're sitting there before that one cup of coffee. 
And like one of the kids' birthdays the next day, we don't know how we're even going to be able to do that. And then I started getting this confidence. I tell her, I said, wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. And then there he would be, and you'd forget your problem. And you would forget your predicament. And you forget the position that you're in. And then all of a sudden, there he'd be again. And it's like, how can you do such a thing? And see... We can live and move and have our being in Him. And we can experience Him all day, every day. You go to bed at night and He speaks to you in your bed. You wake up in the morning, He's with you in the morning. You go throughout your whole day, He's with you. And no more, no more divorce from Him. Uh, you can walk in the cool of the day with Him. Every day. You know how we, Adam was saying... They're on their way here and then the Spirit of God just drops on you. Well, what about you're so in fellowship with Him that you're experiencing Him nonstop? Like, I'm like, that's what I want. And some of you may be already experiencing that, but I'm like, I don't want to go from little experience to the next experience. I want to just get in a constant flow of being in the presence of the Holy Spirit. No longer grieving the Holy Spirit. No longer trying to make something happen out of my own flesh nature. But just, we got you, Lord. And, and we want to follow you. No more frazzled. No more feeling like I, I can't make anything connect anymore. No more trying to make it happen for myself. Just trust the Lord. Yeah. You know, and the, Bible, the Word of God says that He will give you the desires of your heart. A couple weeks ago, we are in, in our event. We are coming up at the end. And the Word says, um, give them Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. And he says, listen, he says, flee to the stronghold of Zion, you prisoners of hope. And I will restore to you double, says the Lord. And I said, what is the double blessing that Job experienced, that Elisha experienced? What is it? And he said, it's, it's my double determination. And when I went to the cross, we call this imputed righteousness. When we went to the cross at Calvary for us, the Father determined this to be this way, that He would take our sins and place them all on Him. And that He would... Do you understand what this means? That my guilt and my shame and your guilt and your shame, He said, I'll take it. Hebrews 10 says, so much so that He would take away the consciousness of sin. The memory of it. He would remove the memory of sin. And if you've ever been guilt-ridden before because of previous acts done in your life, and you get the memory of your wrongdoing taken from you, and the shame is future tense, and you don't have to concern yourself anymore about what happens in the future because the very consciousness of God has become your own consciousness. He said, He said, I determined to do that for my people. But listen to this, He didn't just impute His righteousness to us, He also imputed His reward onto us. Meaning that the Son had a reward that was His own, and He said, I'll reward you. With my reward. 
You don't have to grasp for anything anymore. Jesus said, I only do what? What I see my father do. He said, I only do what I see my father do. If you imagine, you stop everything you're doing and you wait until you see what your father's doing. Like, if it's not what he's doing, I'm not into it anymore. And what he says in that is, my reward is with me. He says, my recompense goes before me. You know what that means? His reward is in his hand. But out in future, in your future, and what he has for you is recompense. He's called Jehovah Gamalah. He's the God who recompenses. So that when your enemy attacks you, because the enemy will come at you, and he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy in your families, in your life, the Lord says this, I'm the God who's out in front of you, and I will re I will repay for what He has come against you. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank so you. I'm already in your future. I'm in the past because He's outside of space time, and He's like, I got your thing. So every time the enemy comes at you and attacks you, the Lord says, the enemy will come at you one way, but will have to flee how many ways? Seven. Deuteronomy. Flee seven ways. So your enemy comes at you. You're walking through this thing. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I'm not going to put my hands to it like they, you know, American determination tells us. And I'm not going to knuckle this thing through, right? And somebody mistreated me. Put my hands behind my back. I say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you in my relationships tonight. I trust you in my finance. I trust you for my healing. I trust you, Lord. The Lord said, let me have it. I, I pay for everything. He said, I believe you, Lord. I believe you. I can't see, though, Lord. He said, come with me, you know. Come follow me. Did you ever get touched by the tenderness of the Holy Spirit? The bride in Song of Psalms said, she's telling the daughters of Jerusalem, she's like, I gotta go find him. I'll, I'll go anywhere for him. You ever get touched by God? Just like, oh, where's he at? Is he over there at the sinker? Is he over there, Lord? I don't, you know, is he over there? I don't know, but where's he at? And you can go anywhere to find him when God gets a hold of you. You know what I'm saying, right? When he gets a hold of you. He gets really deep down inside like that. He just... Like, where are you at, Lord? Because I long for you. So people talk about the prophetic and they talk about all the gifts in it and all that stuff, you know, that people say, but... You just let the Holy Spirit get a hold of somebody and <laughs> You know the disciples in John 6, they said it. He goes in there to the He just fed all those people. He offended everybody. Jesus offended everybody in John 6. Feeds all those people and they said, What work would you have us to do? And he said, This is the work I have for you. Believe on the one whom he has sent. Yep. Jesus gave us a definition of work. 
Believe. He said, believe on me. That's your work definition. You want a definition of work? He also gives you the definition of faith. Anything that's not faith is sin. So then he tells him in John 6, it offends everybody. He says, I am the bread of life that comes down from heaven. Mm. Well, then when he offends the whole masses, he goes into the synagogue, and they're in there scratching their heads too. And they're talking about communion. And he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Mm-hmm. And they said, he's a cannibal. <laughs> he's, he's a cannibal. That's against the law. And he doesn't give them an explanation. <laughs> you ever notice that about the Lord? Like people that are offended with him, he will not give them an explanation. You ever notice someone who's offended with the Lord that you spoke to? And you go to try to explain it to them? You can't explain anything because they're offended? He doesn't explain. He goes out of the synagogue. He goes out there, and it says many disciples left him at that point. And and Jesus is a bold man. He tells his own apostolic team, or he asks him a question. And this is the one I've got to know. But he says, uh, "You gonna go away too?" And Peter, man, now Peter's going to mess up. But he says something really right right there. He said, where are we going to go? Where am I going to go? You have the words of life. Where am I going to go? I don't have anywhere else to go. You imagine that? Big, robust. Peter the fisherman can run that deal out on the water and say, I don't know what else to do with my life now. Anybody know what, know what I mean? He said, I don't know what to do. Where else am I going to go? I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do with myself. So we can follow the word like that and you know, we just say, you know, Lord, I just want to take off with you. I don't... Where are we going to go? You know, that's the first question in the garden that was asked to Adam. After Adam and Eve had sinned, God asked, the very first question God asked was, he didn't do what a lot of us parents have done with our kids. Why'd you do that? And the kid's like, I don't know. Or we ask this question, what are you doing? And they said, I don't know. And then we might ask a question like, Whose kid are you? You know, you're not acting like you're shaming the family. <laughs> right? And the Lord asks this interesting question. He doesn't say who. He doesn't say what. He doesn't say why. The Lord says where. The first question he asked Adam in the garden was where. Where are you? Now y'all think that God didn't know where Adam was. Uh, Adam had lost his uh, sense of orientation and the way he related with God. He had, you know, he didn't know. He didn't, when sin came in, he didn't really know what to do with himself. And he didn't know where he was at. Because up before that, everything he did, he related with God as life. 
And James 1 tells us that God is light. It says that in him is no variable or shadow of turning, that he is light. Adam was relating with this light, but now he said he he heard him in the cool of the day. He heard him by sound. You see, he was relating with God as light. And light travels faster than sound. And you have to be more delicate with light. You know, we haven't broke the light barrier yet. We broke the sound barrier as man has, but we haven't broke the light barrier. And God is light. And so it takes a very, very fine-tuned to relate to Him. Um, And so God said, where are you, Adam? And He takes you back to Peter, right? In John 6. All these people are offended, the masses. Then He gets down to a smaller group of people, the Sadducee, the Pharisee, and then they're out on the fringe, the disciples, like you. And then a bunch of them leave, and we've experienced that. You maybe you've experienced those who are not going to go on with God. They get stuck. Some some of them got stuck in a religious mindset. They're stuck in there. Some the masses have become offended at him. They're okay with Jesus as long as he gives a feeding program and a free health program. And the church gets offended with the Lord too because he says, "Eat my flesh and drink my blood." It's offensive because he doesn't give an explanation and a commentary. And then they come out, and then a bunch of them leave, and then here we are. And if you've ever lost a lot of Christian friends, or watched people that are saying, no, I'm going to go for universalism. Or they're going and they're buying off on communistic ideology. Or some are buying off on free enterprise. They can get into all things. And the Lord's like, well, you come on with me, and trust me. And then back to the where question. Peter says, where are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Right? Please be encouraged because if you feel like sometimes like you're broke, like you're trying to find your way, please be encouraged that, please be encouraged right now in your life that if you're experiencing that, you're going to be okay. And that all you need to do is worship Him. Every time you feel, my wife and I, I don't know if y'all experience this in your home, and something like comes against our home, some, it gets out of attention or something happens, and we've learned by experience, okay, everybody, we got to go worship the Lord. And we're going to wait in His presence until... The pre- until the situation solves itself and resolves itself and then we go to the next thing because there's no way to really do this apart from worship so your family, you're dealing with stuff in your families and something doesn't go right and it just gets off and tension starts to happen, anxiety tries to come against or fear or anger or emotions try to swirl your whole family out of order go worship the Lord get into practice of this because we're going to This is going to become our lifeline. This is the way we make it to the next thing. Um, I'm sure many of you are dealing with these things because I know our family is. It's like, we just go up to you, Lord, again, and we just say, you know, tonight, like, some of you tonight are 
some of you tonight are experiencing such breakthrough in your life right now, I think you're just sort of like, like amazed at what the Word is doing. And some of you need a breakthrough. Some of you need a breakthrough in your life. And um, Jesus, we ask, we ask you tonight, Lord, Holy Spirit,
Your, your discovery of who you are and God's righteousness for you, imparted righteousness, sits on the other side of that step of faith. Um, that movement of faith that says, I trust you, Lord. I don't know in our family how many times the Lord's told me to He'll say, give all your money away. I mean, that give your car away. You know, that's challenging. You know, especially if you get your livelihood from it. You know, I don't know what it is for any of us, but sometimes he, he'll say, be extravagant in this area with your resources. Sometimes he, he'll, he says all kinds of things, but what I want to encourage you tonight is that in this room that You just sign up to say, I trust you, Lord, again. I trust you. But if I do that, you know, it's always 15 different things are going to happen. If I trust you, Lord, there's no way we'll be able to da 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 And it's put out there in front of you. This last week, I was woke up. Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, and the Holy Spirit's like, are you going to trust capitalism and socialism? <laughs> Which one are you going to trust? And he had me write out this whole list like, are you going to trust in banking and capitalistic mindset? Are you going to trust in socialism? You know, are you going to trust in entitlements? Are you going to trust in this? How are you going to trust me? And I was kind of sitting there looking. I said, well, that's the left and that's the right. And he gets quiet. You know, he says, I'm Father. You trust me? I said, yeah. He said, throw it all off. I said, yes, Lord. But there's no way to make it through, Lord. He said, you trust me? I'm like, yes, Lord. He said, throw it all off. I was like, but there's, do you trust me? There's you want to eat from the tree of life or do you want to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Because we're a royal family. You know, I've been saying this a lot, but he said, don't give in to the blue or red. He said, take the legitimacy of the blue and the red, blend them together, and you have the purple. He said, you're a royal family. You're a holy nation. We have the we have the Father that when they come up to the Red Sea and Pharaoh's coming down their backs. I mean, you know, Moses don't know what he's doing. He's got two million people. That's the same God we serve. He's no different. He hasn't changed. And the world will push you up against the stops. He'll push you up against, there's no way forward. He'll push you right up against it and say, do you trust me? Anyways, this is the nature of the remnant. This is the nature of who we are. Yeah. This is the characterization of who we are. And he might say, you know, let me have that. I know 17 years ago he told me, let me have your career. And, you know, I was flying jet aircraft. Let me have your whole career. Come and follow me. I was like, oh. <laughs> you know, Six-figure income, a lot of entitlements, work 152 days a year, something like that. It was a pretty good thing for him. All you got to do is fly. Don't have to do anything else. Just use your noggin, and hopefully that works. And <laughs> but if it does, then you can just do that. He said, "Do you trust me?" I found him to be faithful.
found him to be faithful. Amen. I um tonight um I just wanted to share just a couple things, and then and then we can go we can go home. It won't take a long time. Um. chapter 2. How many know when I say Acts 2 what I'm talking about? Alright. Um, earlier this year we were we was in a prayer meeting Henry and Wendy and Sue Cooklish and Kara and I was in a prayer meeting. There were five of us in that prayer meeting and the Holy Spirit says basically through a lot of events he says I'm going to gather together a hundred of my remnant. Now, i got to tell you, when God says, and Steve Scroggs Sr. brought this up yesterday at Umi when we were sitting down eating, but when God says, I'm going to raise up a remnant, a hundred remnant, I thought that was probably the most impossible thing I've ever heard. You know, a hundred people to get together that are one in ten thousand. I mean, remnant, a remnant of God is probably one in ten thousand. I was like, Lord, a hundred, well, what would that be? Like, how many, would that be a million people and you can only get a hundred out of a million if there's one in ten thousand? I remember thinking, Lord, that seems to me to be like impossible. He said, I'm going to raise up a remnant. You're going to gather downtown, Asheville. I'm going to pour out my spirit and save ten thousand souls. And we're going to prepare for a great awakening. Now, we've been holding this message now for over 10 years in our ministry. The word saying one day you would get downtown Asheville, would get into a place of occupation, I mean occupied place, and then the Lord would begin to gather his people together on that mountain and prepare for a historic move of the Spirit. And so I said that day in a prayer meeting, I said, if, if it's you, Lord, have Ron Weatherman contact me. This is Brian Weatherman over here in the red shirt. Hey, Brian. Anyways. And Brian's wife, Brenda, texts Kara 30 minutes later of me saying that, and I said nothing to anyone else, and we hadn't spoke with them in six months. Where it was since Victoria's Kinsey, I think, since we had really dialogued or talked. And I didn't know that Brian had been downtown Asheville for like seven years, I think, Praying with the people down on the streets, and they have been feeding people and have been washing people's feet and helping them. We go to their house that Saturday night, we have dinner together, and the word really melds our hearts together. And the min our ministry hadn't spun back up yet. And I asked Brenda, I said, What do you think? His wife, and she said, Before you came here, the Holy Spirit said to me, The ministry is going to launch back forward, or, and we're to stand with you in ministry. And I said, he is? I, you know, he is? You know, because I, I was really unsure. Because we have been in a decade of ministry, and 
everything just seemed like it got down to just a little small group, and it got down to basically a few of us really just saying we're not letting go of the word of the Lord. Well, Henry had brought it up in that prayer meeting that day that he said five will put a hundred to flight and a hundred will put ten thousand to flight. And I'd had another encounter of my own from the Lord that said about this one hundred. And the Lord said, I'll cause a one hundred to come together. And so, Kara says, well, when I said to the Lord, I said, have Brian Weatherman contact me. I said, one question. If you want us to do to go into the Young Men's Institute downtown Asheville, then have Ron Weatherman call me. I said it like that. And so he contacted, and I said, man, it's got to be the Lord. So then, of course, we end up, Daisy, Daisy Smith ends up having the contact. She meets with Calvin Little. Calvin Little's daughter, Dewana Little, is the director of the YMI, Henry and I, and... Manny goes see Dewana, and the Spirit of God falls in that experience with the Lord and basically confirms the YMI as our location, our site, and get our foot in the city. I got to tell you, I didn't really realize this, but the YMI is a really good protected place to be. You know, and I, and I thought they'll never let us in there because of Black Lives Matter, the transgender push the um, Antifa thing, and all that was going on in our nation at the time, I thought, we'll never get in there. But the Lord had given me this promise out of 2 Samuel 5 about David taking the Jebusite stronghold. And it's kind of funny because a few weeks before we go into YMI, where Karen and I was living, the whole sewer at our house just breaks apart. And um, it was terrible. And you know a little bit about plumbing, but... I was up underneath the house, and I put my boot up on the four-inch line, and all the lines underneath the house fell down, and all the sewers just... Anyways. And I said, God, what kind of ministry is this? You know, we're supposed to advance into downtown. You've been telling us you're coming as king, and you're going to pour out your spirit, and the sewers all over, you know, I'm all underneath sewers. And, um, and I, I was kind of moaning about it, and... Uh, the Lord reminded me of Joab. Because David said, who could ever get up the sewer pipe or the gutter chute will take the city. And But the Jebusites had said, the blind and the lame will keep you from coming in here. And so blindness means without vision and lameness means no provision. And the Lord had like stripped our family down to basically nothing. And he said, you can't get in there without humility. And you go in underneath and then we get in there. Well, we did. And, uh, of course, the sewer got fixed. And I think that plumber broke his machines and everything. I mean, on our because it was really bad what had happened in our house. And I had to rebuild all the plumbing myself. And I didn't really want to do it. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Anyways. We get into the YMI, and then the Lord says, you know, I'm going to gather together this ancient 100. And we've been running meetings since September the 20th, or events, as the word calls them. Um, and when we got in there, we had found out that Asheville was originally named Edenland. And the Lord had said, 
the ministry, our ministry's got to go all the way back to what had happened originally in the garden. And that he was going to restore families all the way back to what was happened when Lucifer lied to them in the fall. And he was going to restore families and restore uh, all over and bring forth an outpouring of the Spirit. Needless to say, um, I just wanted to encourage you to stay faithful. Uh, that we're going to keep pushing forward, and one of the things that one of the things that we're going to be launching here soon, down here from Mill Springs all the way back up to Asheville, is we're wanting to launch something called Safe Houses. And what we're looking for, and what we're praying for, is that we would have homes. Uh, John Harris called me this last weekend, and we would have saying, Carol, the Lord's going to cause little fires to happen in homes all through the valley, all the way down from here, all the way up into Asheville, and begin to mobilize safe houses so people can come together and begin uh, for evangelism and start to begin uh, coming together and meeting together in homes. Um, and so I... I uh, I believe this is emblematic of what happened in the book of Acts because it said that they met at a main site in Jerusalem and they would worship the Lord together, but it said they ate from house to house. And, and so what we're looking for in this next season, I'm going to be asking, or I'm, I'm going to ask for volunteers, of what we're looking for is husband and wife teams that would want to volunteer in their home uh, to begin to... Uh, lay a foundation for uh, bringing people together in their homes with a four-part plan uh, in each home where you would have worship, you would have intimacy with Jesus and changing of your life, and that there would be evangelism that would happen out of the structure of the home. And that we can watch these all over our, uh, all over our region. Um, there's a, there's a book called The Reformed Pastor by Richard Baxter. And they, they, they took this place called Kidaminster for Christ. They had five or 6,000 salvations because they started focusing on the corporate family and uh, started, uh, you know, putting energy into the family. And so, all right, well, I'm going to close tonight because I can tell we're... Pushed out. And, um, listen, um, yes. We have communion, yes. Okay. All right. Thank you, Lord. All right. Let's just close tonight because we're getting, we, we got so much going on here, and I want to make sure that we uh, partake together. Again, come over here to the table of the Lord. As a family, can uh, get communion, and then we're going to take communion together, and then we'll close out uh, tonight, okay? So just come up to the communion table here with your family, or uh, and then we'll partake together.
Thanks, Lord, for your blood poured out. You said this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. Bless you all tonight. Thank you for coming.